it became apparent that the feeling was mutual. They wouldn't even remember the meal, much less the person who had provided them with their piping hot tray. How was it that I was important and they were not? There had to be something that separated us. I had always looked forward to Christmas, but now my enthusiasm struck me as cheap and common. Leaving the cafeteria after work, I would see even more people swarming out of the shops and restaurants like bees from a burning hive. Here were the young couples in their stocking caps and the families clustered beside the fountain, each with its lists and marked envelopes of money. It was no wonder the Chinese people couldn't tell them apart. They were sheep, stupid animals programmed by nature to mate and graze and bleed out their wishes to the obese, retired school principal who sat on his ass in the mall's sorry-looking North Pole. My animosity was getting the best of me until I saw in their behavior a solution to my troubling identity crisis. Let them have their rolls of gift wrap and gaudy, personalized stockings. If it meant something to them, I wanted nothing to do with it. This year, I would be the one without the shopping bags, the one wearing black in protest of their thoughtless commercialism. My very avoidance would set me apart and cause these people to question themselves in ways that would surely pain them. Who are we, they'd ask, plucking the ornaments off their trees. What have we become, and why can't we be more like that somber fellow who washes dishes down the... sung by a choir Folks dressed up like Eskimo Everybody knows A turkey and some mistletoe No, the son of on his way. 
some money click on the website we deserve it
him on my radio call-in shows. Had my father been driving, we would have locked all the doors and ignored the stop signs, speeding through the area as quickly as possible because that's what smart people did. Pulled over and parked behind a van, whose owner stood examining his flattened tire with a flashlight. Things might get a little rough up there, so just do what I tell you and hopefully no one will get hurt. She flipped her hair over her shoulder and stepped out of the car, kicking aside the cans and bottles that lined the curb. My sister meant business, whatever it was, and in that instant she appeared beautiful and exotic and dangerously stupid. Local teens slain for sport, the headlines would read. Holiday hijinks end in homicide. Maybe someone should wait with the car, I whispered, but she was beyond reason charging up the street in her sensible shoes with a rugged, determined gait. There was no fumbling for a street address or doorbell. Lisa seemed to know exactly where she was going. I followed her into a dark vestibule and up a flight of stairs, where without even bothering to knock, she threw open an unlocked door and stormed into a filthy, overheated room that smelled of stale smoke, sour milk, and seriously dirty laundry. Three odors that, once combined, can peel the paint off of walls. This was a place where bad things happened to people who clearly deserved nothing but the worst. The stained carpet was littered with cigarette butts, and clotted, dust-covered flypaper hung from the ceiling like beaded curtains. In the far corner of the room, a man stood beside an overturned coffee table, illuminated by a shadeless lamp that broadcast his shadow, huge and menacing, against the grimy wall. He was dressed casually in briefs and a soiled T-shirt, and had thin, hairless legs, the color and pebbled texture of a store-bought chicken. We had obviously interrupted some rite of unhappiness, something that involved shouting obscenities while pounding upon a locked door with a white-tasseled loafer. The activity consumed him so completely that it took the man a few moments to register our presence. Squinting in our direction, he dropped the shoe and steadied himself against the mantel.
at you another. Hearing a fresh, slurred voice in the house, my brother and sisters rushed from their rooms and gathered to examine Lisa's friend, who clearly cherished the attention. Angels! You're a pack of goddamn angels! She was surrounded by admirers, and her eyes brightened with each question or comment. Which do you like better, my sister Amy asked. Spending the night with strange guys or working in a cafeteria? What were the prison guards really like? Do you ever carry a weapon? How much do you charge if somebody just wants a spanking? One at a time, one at a time, my mother said. Give her a second to answer.
something's fucked up with this turntable. for his friends and relatives. He decides to go to Jeffrey's, the large department store downtown. Can I help you, sir? Yes, I'm looking for something in Any particular fragrance? Uh, I thought you might be able to suggest something. Well, there certainly is a large variety to choose from. I can see that. <laughs> That's where the store Santa Claus holds court. Probably some kid didn't get what he wanted and is registering a complaint. Hey, stop that man! He stole my Christmas present! Hey, you! Stop! Watch it, mister. 
the Office of Scientific Intelligence, Colonel Steve Austin is in the security conference with his boss, Oscar Goldman. Good thing you called me in on this, Steve. When I grabbed that guy, he dropped the package and it broke open. I could see the thing inside was no ordinary Christmas present. That's why I picked it up and got it to you. Steve, you seem to have a talent for finding trouble. But in this case, you may have stumbled on a major espionage ring. An espionage ring? Steve, the man you fought with in the department store is Harrison Fredericks. For a long while, he's been known to be a free agent in the espionage market, selling his services to the highest bidder. But what is even more interesting to us is what he was carrying in that package. What was it? It was an electronic fuel cell for our latest attack missile, the SYR-9. The SYR-9? I thought that was out in California. After landing on the Arctic terrain, Steve and Oscar were accosted by the enemy agent Remont at gunpoint, captured and locked up in an old warehouse. Is the wound serious, Oscar? I don't think so, Steve. Looks like a scratch. Where are we? It's a warehouse. Where are we?
expect to resume normal broadcasting shortly. Glad you could make it. No problem, Oscar. I'm staying in town for the holidays. Steve, the Air Defense Command in Colorado Springs picked up an unusual radio message the other day on a restricted frequency. No identification codes? That's part of the problem. All messages received over the defense network are preceded by an identification code, and they are followed by a second ident code before signing off. And this communication has no code on either side. They can't even decode the message. What are we going to do? It defies analysis, Steve. As a matter of fact, nothing on record as language or numeric code is anything like it. I've called in Dr. Landis. Ethel Landis? She's the top expert in the field of coded communication. And she has a lot of kooky ideas, Oscar. I know, Steve, but we can't afford to overlook any possibilities.
I'm so cool. 
has made a very nice living for me, and it seems to have worked. Did you ever feel that this time the horror stories jinxed you, that something that you feared and had written about was coming true? No, it never even crossed my mind. Um, it's strange because off and on uh, in my career as a writer, I have certainly written. This is Fresh Air. I'm Terry Gross. My guest Stephen King was nearly killed in June of 1999 while taking his daily walk. He was walking along the gravel shoulder of Route 5, a two-lane highway near his home in Maine, when he was struck by a van driven by Brian Smith, who had several prior convictions for speeding and reckless driving. Over a year later, Smith was found dead in his home. King is still recovering from his injuries, which included nine breaks in his right leg, his right knee split almost directly down the middle, a fracture of his right hip, four broken ribs, and a scalp laceration that required nearly 30 stitches. His spine was chipped in eight places. Yet, fairly early in his recovery, he returned to writing. I spoke with Stephen King in 2000 after the publication of his book, On Writing, which is part memoir, part reflection on his craft. The last chapter is about the accident. We started with a reading. Most of the sight lines along the mile of Route 5, which I walk, are good. But there is one stretch, a short, steep hill, where a pedestrian walking north can see very little of what might be coming his way. I was three-quarters of the way up this hill when Brian Smith, the owner and operator of the Dodge van, came over the crest. He wasn't on the road. He was on the shoulder. My shoulder. I had perhaps three-quarters of a second to register this. It was just time enough to think, my God, I'm going to be hit by a school bus. I started to turn to my left. There is a break in my memory here. On the other side of it, I'm on the ground, looking at the back of the van, which is now pulled off the road and tilted to one side. This recollection is very clear and very sharp, more like a snapshot than a memory. There is dust around the van's taillights, a license plate, and the back windows are dirty. I registered these things with no thought that I had been in an accident or of anything else. It's a snapshot, that's all. I'm not thinking. My head has been swapped clean. There's another little break here.
six o'clock, everybody. You're listening to MutinyRadio.fm and .sf. We're here for the happy hour. Yay! The happiest hour of two hours-ish of comedy every Friday at six o'clock. And we've got comedians from everywhere. They're going to do jokes, and it's going to be fun. And we all love stage time, and it's great. And uh, thanks for donating, everybody. Mutiny Radio at Venmo. Thanks for giving us money, helping us stay alive. Yay, so that we can help you help us. Cool. Oh, the sounds of... I love... There is like a little bit of sour cream on your cheek, and I've just never... Okay. It's cute. You know, that's the thing is errant food on a young man. So cute. On an old dude, gross. (laughs) (laughs) Right? If you see an old man with like sour cream on the bottom of his lip, you want to vomit. But if you see it on like Peter Struckmeyer, you're like, oh yeah, baby doll. I just opened by... But it, ah, I should have turned your mic up for that. You guys can guess the punchline. Put your hands together for your first comedian of the night, everybody. It's Dan Lewis. Yay! Yeah. How's it going, guys? What's up? All right, we're rocking it here today. How we doing? How we doing? Cool, cool. What do we got here today? I see. Brady Pearson. Can t- I know everybody's name in the entire crowd. This is exciting for me. That was good. My my mulleted friend right there. That haircut, by the way, that is an insult to the bald man right there. To waste precious resources like that, that is not fucking right, man. More like child molester in the front, child molester in the back. Child molester on his upper lip. Actually, I don't think people should suspect uh, Connor. No, no, parents should ha- not have a problem with him because it's like, no child molester is going to dress that on the nose, you know? <laughs> Honey, why did you let that guy take our kid camping? I don't know, just, you saw the haircut, fanny pack full of lollipops. A little on the nose. I guess we'll find out on Monday. Okay. Uh, just wanted to make fun of my friend a little bit. Um, before I started, I wasn't ready. Yeah, I am. It sucks being bald, man. I def- this kind of suck. People ask me. People were asking me all after the Oscars about my opinion, just because I'm a member of the bald community. Uh, I don't really have any strong feelings about it, but I I really did enjoy being in exactly the same category as Jada Pinkett Smith in the civil rights struggle. That was fun. If I ever see her, I can be like, fight the power. That's pretty cool. People, are, my friends are like. That's different, man. She's got alopecia. That's different. And I'm like, how's it different how you got here, okay? We're in the same spot. We wound up in the same place. That'd be like if you're missing a foot. You saw another guy who was missing a foot. You're like, hey, I know how it is, brother. He's like, yeah, diabetes. And you're like, no, train accident. And he's like, I guess you don't know how it is then, (laughs) you piece of shit. (laughs) You guys ever notice how people are, so many people are like uh, almost proud of not being able to do math? They'll be like, oh, 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 you know me, and don't make me do math. I can't do math. No one ever does that for other disciplines. You know, no one ever goes, oh, 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 you know me, I'm reading. Don't make me read. I can't read. I can't read, you guys. Trying to date responsibly. Bought some condoms the other day. Got some magnums. Yeah, got some. Bought some mediums and some smalls too. I based it on the size of the vagina myself. That's right. You've heard that one. Okay. I was, uh, well, I was, what I was trying to do is think of a, a, a another tag for it where I'd go, uh, 
based on the size of the vagina. Uh, I'm like a goldfish. I just grow the size of the tank. And the, uh, I like I'm trying tank right now. But yeah. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> and then I'm gonna say. And then I was gonna say. And I was gonna say. Uh, and having sex, she's like, "Oh, you're so big." And I'm like, "Don't pin this on me." Uh, yeah. Or or uh, oh, you're so big. And I'm like, "Sorry, you had to find out this way." No, it's not. I'm not. No, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. Okay, I'm sorry. Thanks for the feedback. I appreciate it, you guys. I, don't know, I had a. I I did have a story that I wanted to tell about a, a another comic friend of mine, a guy, a guy you, might, you guys might know. He was over at my house in the backyard, and we were having uh, we were having some drinks. Marcus Marcus Howard, he said we were having some drinks. And Marcus, okay, let's just say, Mar you know, Marcus maybe sounds a, a little whiter than he is. I don't know. Does that does that checking out with anybody? He sounds like Professor Frank from The Simpsons, Marcus. Okay? And he's out there in the backyard just dropping N-bombs in my neighborhood, right? Le left and right. And I got high fences, okay? So all I know is the neighbors just hear some dude who sounds white saying the N-word over and over again. And I'm like, Marcus, you want to fucking cool it a little bit, man? He's like, listen, man, that's, 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 that's our word. I'm allowed to say that word as much as I want. And I'm like, all right, fine. I can't take it away from you, but could you maybe blacken it up a little bit when you do it? I <laughs> anyway, sorry. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Dan Lewis, everyone. That's a funny new story. Yeah, it's lovely. Uh, yeah, comedy is true. Your next comedian... It's the one with the mullet. I call him the jizz master. Clap your hands in a wild slappy like motion for Connor Lawsdale. Yay. Oh, the music stopped. Yeah, jizz master. That's what the kids call me down at the school right there. It's reverse psychology. You know, you think it's too on the nose. That's I'm doing that on purpose. Get these, get their guard down. So I can molest children. That's the joke. Okay, what are we doing? What else were you talking about, Dan? I wanted to retort. Yeah, okay, I, I guess that's all it was. I was just telling Dan about that. I do have a problem with road rage. And I realized that when I, I was in the car, I said this out loud to myself. I, with zero hesitation or thought behind it, I said, I'm going to regret that decision for the rest of my life. And the decision was just to let someone go in front of me. I'll be on my deathbed. <laughs> come, come closer. I shouldn't have let that fucking Prius in. I should have known. It cost me 45 seconds. I don't. I don't have any tattoos. You got anyone here have tattoos? Pam's got a bunch of tattoos. I never got one. You know, I just never. I, I feel weird. I don't want to judge anyone else, but I, I'd feel weird about it. Like I, to me, it's kind of like you're just like, oh, this tattoo here, this represents how cool I want everyone to think I am. And then this one here, this represents uh, how cool I want everyone to think I am. And th this one here, this represents that I'm a Jew. The Holocaust joke. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It took you a second. 
I don't even like Holocaust jokes. In fact, I don't even like the Holocaust. If it was up to me, if I had a say in the matter, I would go. I would vote no hol no Holocaust. If I was back then, I would be like, hey, don't, don't do that to them. Bad. In fact, if I had a time machine, I would go back, I would kill Hitler. Wouldn't you guys do that? A lot of people talk about that. Dan loves talking about it. I thought that was a good idea, but then I thought, what if you go back in time, you kill Hitler, but what if there was another guy that was way more evil and way more efficient no, he, he back in Hitler's time, more evil, more efficient, but he just got beat out by Hitler's charisma. You go back in time, you kill Hitler, but that then that guy takes over. You think you did a good thing, you come back to the future, zero Jews. Just n none at all. Best thing on TV is young Sheldon. There's schmegma everywhere. But then we realized that uh, Schmegma is this unlimited renewable resource, so it d turned out to be, I guess you gotta weigh that one. We don't really know. Is that worth all the Jews, unlimited energy? Okay. There was one more. <laughs> I'm gonna ch put a shirt on. You guys ever, fellas, you ever come too fast? When you're jacking off? That's not, that's, that's a sad moment. I, I can't even satisfy myself. Oh. All right, guys, my name is Connor. Thank you very much. Connor Lonsdale, everyone. He's going to put a shirt on for his show. It's a hot day, and uh, I w I've always, I've, Someday we'll find out what's in that fanny pack. All right, I know what's in your next comedian's fanny pack. Oh, I was trying to make a weird, I don't know what that meant. Put your hands together for Peter Struckmeyer! It's a metaphor for my asshole. Hello, gentlemen. It's truly just gents and Pam here. Pam, you're like an honorary gay man. It's men and gay men here. Hi. Um, I really enjoy Latin man, Latin men, Latin, Latin man. Could you imagine that as a superhero? <laughs> Let's start that over. I really enjoy Latin men. Do we like the Latinos, Latinas, Latinxes? Yes, yes, I think they're very sexy. Uh, I hooked up with a older Latin man from Brazil um, when I was traveling a couple weeks ago. And, you know, he comes back to my hotel room, we have sex. He leaves, he does not spend the night, but he FaceTimes me the next morning, and he's like, I miss your smell. I was like, you miss my smell? Like, the fuck is wrong with my armpits? So here I am trying to assess all the pheromones that I'm apparently giving off. Then I learned, or then I realized, there was a Chipotle burrito bowl next to my bed. So this motherfucker <laughs> thinks that uh, my pheromones are like barbacoa and extra guac. And this happened a couple of weeks ago. This guy has still not taken a fucking hint that I am not going to date him. So every morning, he'll send me a good morning, 
how did you sleep message and each day i reply with pretty good great yeah slept well and nothing happens until the next day and then we repeat the cycle over again pretty good yeah slept well this morning though i'm gonna read from my phone for this because i have no new material um he messaged me this morning a childhood fable anyone get one of those slide into your dms no just me so i woke up this morning to a message that's this long let's look at my phone here for a second they spent a day and a night on a small farm belonging to a very poor family. When they returned from the trip, the father asked his son, how was the trip? Very good, daddy. And at this point, I saw the word daddy, and I thought this story is going to go in a different direction. Do you understand the difference between wealth and poverty? Yes. And what did you learn? Asked the father. The son replied, I saw that we have a dog at home. They have four. We have a swimming pool that reaches the middle of the garden. They have a stream that has no end. We have a covered and lit porch. They have an entire forest. At the end of the answer, the father was open-mouthed. What, was he going to blow someone? Without reaction. And the little boy, hugging his father tightly, added, Thank you, Dad, for showing me how poor we are. This little boy may have taught his father the greatest lesson. It all depends on the way you look at things. The things that really matter are priceless. If you have love, friends, family, health, a good mood, and a positive attitude towards life, you have it all. If you are poor in spirit, you have nothing. Yeah, that slid into my DMs this morning. Being gay is wild, y'all. I get motherfucking childhood fables in my DMs from strange Latin men that I hook up with. I'm leaving you there. That's been my time. I'm Peter Struckmeyer. Uh, give it up for whoever's next, for Pam, for Yay. Yay, Peter Struckmeyer. Yeah, I had to start dating young Latinos because I was tired of young white guys calling me mommy. All right, your next comedian. He's big daddy in the room. Put your hands together for Tim Taylor. Yeah, Daddy, Daddy. Great to see everybody. My name's Tim Taylor. I uh, love the warm weather and celebration and anticipation of it. I actually shaved all my pubic hair. Just shaved it all off. And challenges, I actually have put on weight over the pandemic. And so I had this little pouch here. And so, yeah. And so, like, when I look down, I see the jowly chin of Mitch McConnell looking at me. Like, I look down at my pubis, and it's just... Oh, I've gotten more votes from the great people of Kentucky than any other senator in history. Somehow my pubis is, uh, hates all people but has an Asian fetish. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it's slowly growing back, so my pubes are kind of wispy. It looks like uh, that uh, poison uh, trickster in that movie, The Princess Bride. Inconceivable! Uh, you know, I was looking at myself in the mirror the other day without a shirt on, and I noticed I have a before body for sure, right? <laughs> a before body. But I have after hair. Oh, yeah. You know how guys, like, are really buff? They, like, stretch. So I just do this shit when I'm thinking. Like, I just throw my hair around. That's okay. When I say no, I go like this, No. Oh, boy. 
But I, yeah, I'm working on my dating life. I uh, I consider becoming a sugar daddy. Anybody? Any sugar? Are you a sugar daddy? You are not. No. Good. Good call. You ever thought about being a sugar daddy? That neither do I. So I'm like a fake sugar daddy. I'm like a stevia daddy. Or like a sweet and low daddy. There's just there's something about asking, telling a woman I'm going to spoil her by taking her to the Nordstrom Rack Cafe. It just doesn't hit. <laughs> the Bed Bath and Beyond Bistro. <laughs> the Target Trattoria. Like it's just I'm not attracting the right kind of women in my life. I see that, and I'm not off book either, which is. Um, do you know the thing is, I, I have put on weight mostly because I eat my pain, and um, it's because my mom's love language was volume. She just yelled all the time at me. You know what I'm saying? It's just like I'd come home upset from work, and she would, or upset from work. As a child, I could come home upset from assembling iPhones. <laughs> I fucked that joke up, but it was probably funnier than the actual punchline. And it's like, you know, I, I didn't feel included in my own home. I felt excluded. But I'm actually into inclusion. Actually, Peter mentioned earlier about la Latinos, Latinas. There's that, that saying Latinx. You guys heard that? I'm like, oh, my God, there's like a, a Latinx games? <laughs> Skateboarder jumping? Oh, God, that is, sorry, that joke is borderline racist. Oh, come on. Oh, boy. Thank you. So, uh, you know, I am sober. I've been sober for 11 years. Okay, thank you. From crystal meth. Which never gets an applause. And that crystal meth, crystal meth is the, <laughs> crystal meth is the Ringo star of drugs. It's just, <laughs> it's just, it has no, it has no thing. And, and. I, I did get my MBA. I got my Wharton MBA when I was high on crystal meth. MBA, I was mostly a boring asshole when I was in class. But uh, I'll leave you with this. That uh, you know, the gra anybody watch the Grammys? No, of course not. It's getting out of date. Here's the thing: any fucking award show named after a nickname for a grandma is not going to work. Grammys, yes, no, thank you, I'm Tim Taylor. <laughs> Yay, Tim Taylor. Grammy, I guess I didn't, what did I call my grandma? Grandma, I don't know. Um, I'm old enough to be your next comedian's grandma. Put your hands together for Ian Langlands, yay. Hey, what's up? I thought I was sixth. Oh, okay, I'm making do. What's up, everybody? Good energy, how are we? We're good? Good. Um, I've been thinking, I, I, I don't understand why or when we decided that the remedy to help people when they're going through a problem is food. People always buy them food, right? You know, if something bad happens to a family member or like a loved one, it's always food. It doesn't make any sense. I don't think anyone's ever been eating meatloaf and it's just like, God, this is so good, I almost forgot about my cancer diagnosis. Like, that's never happened, right? It's never ha also the audacity to think your cooking is good enough to make anybody feel better, okay? Because it happened to me. A few months ago, my mom, she broke her hip. And we were just flooded with food. It was like a goddamn potluck. But all it was was just a full compost bin because half that shit was inedible, all right? Keep the chicken casserole at home, Janet. You don't know how to season. No one wants it. It's bad. <laughs> it's not good. And they always ask you, they always ask you the open-ended question. They always ask you, if there's ever anything you need, 
don't hesitate to reach out. <laughs> right? Always the same fucking question. I want to take advantage of that question next time. Next time I get asked that, I'm going to be like, you know what would make me feel better? A new fucking TV. That's what would make me feel better. The new Obi-Wan show's coming out. I want to watch in 4K. But the reason why people ask that question is because it gets their guilt off their chest, right? It's just really so they feel better. They don't really want to help. It's just so they feel better. They feel like they're making a difference. But I want to test it. Uh, how far are they willing to go? Next time I get asked, like, if there's any, anything, ever anything you need, don't hesitate to ask. I'm be like, you know what would make me feel better? Six ounces of black tar heroin. That's what I want. They'll be like, oh, no, no, no. That was, I did, that's not really what I meant. I'll be like, no, no, no. You said what you wanted. It would make me feel better. Get on the line with the cartel, Janet, all right? Give them your casserole. Maybe they'll give you a discount. I don't know. That's all I got for that. I, um, what was I going to do? Oh, yeah, I'm, uh, you guys ever heard of the phrase toxic masculinity? You ever heard that phrase before? Yes, toxic masculinity. If you want to see it in real time, tell a man he has soft hands. Um, you'll see it up close and personal. Uh, yeah, so if you don't know what it is, it's when a man, he suppresses his insecurities and then, f and then asserts dominance over others by becoming, you know, arrogant or rude. I would love a little bit of that. I'm going to be honest with you. I would love just a little bit of it, right? I'm very insecure, just enough so I don't get anxious when I get a phone call, you know? I just want to feel a little more confident. I want to feel a little good. I would, I would use it for good. I wouldn't be an asshole about it, you know? I could take some from someone who's not doing any good, like a Brett Kavanaugh or like a Jake Paul. I'm not using it for any good. I want it. I see it all the time, toxic masculinity. I see it. It blows my mind. I was at a party one time, and this guy walks in. He goes up to the first girl he sees, and he goes, you're hot. You're coming home with me. I could never do that in a million years. Never. One time I was in my car, and I saw a beautiful woman walking on the sidewalk, and I glanced up at her respectfully. I looked at her up and down, and then she made eye contact with me, and I audibly said, alone in my car, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I don't know why, but I did. So bad. That's such a beta move. That's what it is. The only time I have a little bit of toxic masculinity is to myself. It's my inner dialogue. It's really what it is. Like if I'm at a restaurant, it'll be like yelling at myself, like, order quicker. The waitress thinks you're a pussy. Tell. I'll see my reflection on the street and be like, I could fucking kick that guy's ass. I could. And then I'm shadow boxing the air like a TL crackhead, you know? And then I lose to myself. That's how weak I am. I lose every time. All right, that's all I got. Thank you, everybody. Ian Langland, weak in muscles but strong in comedy. Yay. I'll take it. I don't know. I didn't. You always have, I don't know what your muscles look like. You were just talking about being weak, and I was trying to be a good host. I'm sorry, I'm high. Uh, your next comedian, clap your hands together, everybody. It's Dorian Trung. Yay. How's it going, everyone? Uh, I always thought uh, when people died from their addictions are like super cool. And then I realize it's not as cool when I tell people I'm killing myself with food. So I had to give that up. Um, I used to be 300 pounds and then I lost the weight because I didn't want to work on my personality. You know, I mean, I'm still fat, but you know, not fat enough for a child to stop me in the middle of the street to make an announcement. You know what I mean? You know, when a kid's like, Mom, look, he's fat. Which is always awkward, you know, when you uh, have to hit someone else's kid. 
brutal. <laughs> I'm a, I have I have what people call a, a dad bod, but I'm trying to get down to stepdad bod. I just want my body to be good enough, to, you know, to impress the single moms, but like messy enough so that her kids knew know that like her mom, their mom could do better. But she can't. But I mean, who who am I joking? I mean, I can't do better either. Like, if I wanted to do better, I would have to be rich, and there's no way I could make that happen. I've admitted it. But a stepdad bot is not bad. You know, it's kind of like driving a used Corolla. You know, I could, you're always afraid that'll die on you, but you know, it's more reliable than you think. <laughs> I uh, I have a hard time dating. Um, I don't really have a face for Tinder. My face is more suited for like blind dates and arranged marriages. You know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm like the guy that you match, you know, with your fourth favorite daughter, the lesbian of the family. I mean, but I mean, Tinder is is, uh, is very interesting. You know, I feel as a man, it's way easier to catfish people online. You know what I mean? Like I just, I don't even need to use uh, filters or anything. I could just lie to them with words. You know, on Tinder, I say crazy things like I'm a male feminist. You know what I mean? Like, saying I'm a male feminist is like a woman telling guys, like, they don't care about money. Like, almost everyone says it, but, like, none of us actually believe it. Uh, my friend tried to give me some dating advice. He said, uh, look, you just got to be more aggressive. Stop being such a beta bitch. I was like, dude, why'd you got to poke me in the chest so hard? Ugh. I mean, I, 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 I'm not an alpha male, you know. You know, the ladies might see me and they think like, oh yeah, I could be, I'll be safe with him. But you know, who knows? I'm, I'm built like, uh, you know, one of those home security stickers that you put on the window. Like it might deter most, but if someone breaks in, you'll wish you had the real thing. Yeah. <laughs> what else I have here? Uh, I guess some dark ones would be good about now. I'm uh I'm quite the hypocrite, you guys. I uh I really want world peace, but I also really want there to be a drone strike on my neighbors. Because I mean, they keep playing the damn music, you know what I mean? Like I think like unwanted music's probably like the worst thing you could hear from your neighbor. I would almost say it's worse than hearing your neighbor beat their wife. Cause a beating only lasts a couple of seconds, and after that they go through what they call a honeymoon phase. Which is honestly honeymoon for everyone around them is great. So quiet. All right, I think that's my time. Thank you. Dorian Trung, everyone. All right. Uh, I'm going to run around and, and do my time now because we're waiting for a couple people on the list. So, yay. <laughs> After the misogynist drone strike, knock, knock. Predator drone, don't answer your door, you're dead. It's a predator drone. Do you know anything about predator drones? That was dumb. These little flies are like predator drones right now. Who are they going to land on? How are you here? Are you neither of you are comedians? You're just neighbors that are like, we want some comedy. Fuck yeah. Thank you for being here. This is very exciting. I feel like we're already friends. I can let you know that I, uh, my clit is so big I can use a Cheerio as a cock ring. I'm not actually a comedian. I'm just single and not on any dating apps. And so just whenever I see a microphone, I'm like, hey, something could happen. How cute is your dad? 
How much do you hate your mom? Dang, that's right, I met your mom, she is cool. I'm just, I'm shopping to be a stepmom right now. They, they say dress for the job you want and I wanna be a stepmom in Walnut Creek. Thank you, yeah, after this whole month of Women's History Month and being a strong, independent feminist is hard. I wanna be a dependent now. I'm like, can you just, I just put feminism back 40 years, but I don't care. I still, I'm hoping someday there'll be some rich man in, in Walnut Creek listening to some strange podcast with his seven and nine year old there and I don't know. I can dream. I just want I could just be a nanny, I suppose. <laughs> I don't in, then I wouldn't have to fuck him. Although maybe sometimes the nanny does. So I, I used to be a nanny. Um and here's the thing. Having sex on top of a baby is not pedophilia, okay? Because the baby's here and like I'm getting banged from behind. I'm making eye contact with the baby, right? And the baby can only see like 15 inches in front of its face anyway. And just because the baby's first words are, uh, uh, doesn't make me a bad nanny. It makes me a bad nanny. Cool. I used to do this, I used to nanny, and it was great. And the best thing about it is you get like, it's like nanny 2.0, it's like this new workout program. Woo! So when you do in the, the baby cart, you like go up the hills, and you keep a pace, and you do this, and then you change your arms so you can get the bye-bye arms when you wave and it goes bye-bye. And the best part is when your heart rate gets above a certain rate for 20 minutes, you start burning fat, and I smoke and eat so much weed that I get high off my own. I get to the top of the hill with the baby, and I'm like, woo we did it. Parents are here. Let's play on the playground. I don't even have to smoke. I'm just high. It's fun. Did you know that when you... When you burn your, there's another, this is exciting. I'm not drinking tonight, um, but I do really enjoy drinking. And I want to hang out with a small child because I want to win the science fair. Uh, and it might not be the most appropriate thing, but it's basic chemistry. So sometimes in the morning, uh, I throw up because I'm an alcoholic. And so I go to the, to the refrigerator and I drink a cup of cold water. Now, if I have a small child, and I drink eight ounces of 38 degree water and then I vomit 22 minutes later and the child takes the temperature of the water, how many calories did I burn being an alcoholic? We can have graphs. We can win the science fair. So you remember basic science. See, yeah! No one ever gets that joke because they're all too dumb. Here's another joke I can never do. Uh, no one reads the Bible. Heathens here. Sodom and Gomorrah. Terrible people. No, it's fine. I, I mean, I... I love reading the Bible, though. I like to mine it for feminist tropes. And there's, I learned everything I know about feminism from the Bible. Two books, Esther and Ruth. Oh, I love this topical right now, Passover, Esther, the whole thing. How did Esther save the entire Jewish people? How did she do that? Was she clever? Good at sports? A great orator? Nay, she had a hot rack and didn't look Jewy. That was, her name was Hadassah. They changed it to Esther, far less Jewy. One last joke. Uh, I have a fetish for uncircumcised guys, clearly. Yeah, right? Yeah, circumcision, his choice, his decision. Not lop off the tips of our baby's dicks. I mean, Jews do it fine. You got the covenant with Yahweh. You can do whatever he wants with those foreskins. Put them on his fingers, eat them off like olives. Calamari on a salad. Yeah, we're thinking, yeah. 
So maybe you'll know where I'm going with this. I want to take an uncircumcised guy. I want to pull up his dick, pull his foreskin up over his dick, put a shot of Jameson in his foreskin. Because I want whiskey dick for real. I finally get what I want. It's twofold. Uh, one, I'm an alcoholic and I like new and sexy ways to drink whiskey. And two, boys are gross. And you have to clean out all that schmegma. Yay! I'm your host back there, Pam Benjamin, trying to make you laugh. This is crazy. Brady, are you ready? All right. Fuck yeah. Uh, your jacket today is made. I do not doubt your commitment to Sparkle Motion. It is, uh, you are 100% a believer. Put your hands together, everybody, for Brady Pearson. Oh my God. Hi, everybody. How are you doing? You too. Hi, how are you two doing? Very excited to have you two here. I, I, I know Lauren. Lauren is the famed creator of um, Giraffe Corner, a multi-platinum famous little show on YouTube. We should all talk about that. But thank you two for being here. Now, does um, I have a question? Does anybody? Okay, do you see my shirt? It's, what does it say? Like I drag Stanford's eyes. Does anybody here speak homosexual? Because that's what that means. Is that not normal? Okay. Anybody here speak heterosexual? Because I have some questions for you. If we, I just want us all to get along. Okay. So earlier today we heard this comedian talk about being an alpha male. Are any are there any alpha males in this room? Keith. That doesn't count. She has more balls than all of us. So there's, so there's an. Al are, are you a beta then? We don't even know. Are you guys? Are you straight? Can I ask? I mean, like, you're, both, you're straight, both of you. Oh, okay. Well, that, we'll see about that after the show. I mean, I can work on that. Um, but yeah, so I was thinking. Okay, so alpha and alpha and beta. So one is the more dominant. Is that what it is? Can you help me understand? Is that what it is, Keith? And so beta is more like a bitch, like something like you can put down the beta, right? Okay, so I just want you all to know that like we speak the same terms. I want to give you some gay speak today. We call that. Stay with me now top and bottom so right so now if you're a beta it means I can come and fuck you oh damn it that didn't come off as crap but I can still do it right I mean you're not as excited about that as I am okay all right that's fine started doing comedy a little later in life and uh, just turned 50 odd and it's really exciting I have to say that because what nothing thrills me more than having 30-year-old comics coming up to me and going, or speaking like, oh my God, I just turned 30. 30. No one else has ever turned 30 before in their lives. They have no idea how it's done. There haven't been novels or written or even a shitty boomer show called 30 fucking something. You have a fucking rule book, you dumb cunts. I am so old that I have probably swallowed your siblings. Your dad was great. He really was, and you're welcome. I mean, you didn't want that inter-sibling rivalry, did you? No. I am doing service to God and the children. This is what I tell myself I'm sucking cock late at night. Speaking of sucking a lot of cock, so I've been sucking cock for so long, it begs the existential question of, like, how many miles of cock have I sucked? Like, I mean... The average cock is what, are you six? Maybe? My turn. Ah. 
that's not going much anywhere, so. Well, it is, and math is hard. I'm Barbie. <laughs> math is hard. And if it's hard, you know I love it. Um, <laughs> but I'm leaving you with a little song about the boys' camp that I really wish I'd gone to in Lake Putatinny, Wisconsin. It goes something like this. <coughs> Can't put it in me, actually. Oh, I love you. Put it in me. Put it in me every day. I love you. Put it in me. Put it in me all the way. On your shores. Put it in me. I am yours. Put it in me. Put it in me every day. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Brady. Yay! Brady Pearson! And his commitment to Sparkle Motion! Yay! Oh my god, you, you kind of look like an exploded pi pinata had a had a orgy. <laughs> That's what I would call that jacket. Exploded pinata orgy. Fun times. Brady Pearson. Oh right, it's a compliment. I love it. I would wear that in a second. Oh my god, with like some white stretch pants, dear god. I don't know. I just thought white stretch pants are like really white tight jeans. I think those would be fun. Cause like pick up there's the anyway. Your next comedian comes to us uh, by way uh, from all over the world, actually, from Brooklyn and Portland and everything else. Put your hands together for Keith Hemingway. I wish I explored more places than New York and Portland, because that's all. No, I, I've discovered uh, San Francisco, and I've discovered L.A. Um, I don't think I want to go back to L.A. <laughs> L.A. is a different type of fear. It's like, do I want to get shanked in this corner, or do I want to get pissed on in this corner? And apparently I'm still here, so showers still exist, and um, I don't have no medical bills from L.A., yay. But L.A.'s a nice town. I, I, like, I like San Francisco, too. This town, y'all don't have leg day. You expected to have leg day because you have hills, but it's not about the leg day. It's about the toes. You guys are toe strong in this town because of all the shit you got to step over, literally. Like, you have to treat every block like a Michael Jackson video. You just got to doom, doom. Get some on the back of your feet, like, ah, come on. I, I can't really dance like Michael Jackson. I didn't practice. I wasn't one of those kids that was in, even though I think, no, I can't moonwalk. I, I wasn't one of those kids that can do that. But uh, I got to be careful sometimes when I'm stepping over the shit because some of them come in a, a weird pattern and it could look like I'm crip walking. And that would get me in a lot of trouble these days, man. I don't know. I can't do that out here. Come on in, lady. We have free comedy. I saw you smiling. You can't hide. Yeah, come on. Nope, 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 nope. Dedication, come on. S all right, two minutes, sit down. Th there you go, see? Come on, you can't give me two minutes? <laughs> I was trying to answer that in the most professional comedic way, but then I was like, mm. He made me forget like almost all my jokes when she said that shit too. It's all good. But you know what? Cause it's, I'm, it's special because I'm all the way here from Brooklyn, New York. You know that? And I know you're looking like, damn, what made you come out here? And just for you, I'm going to let you know this right now. I'm on my white girl world tour right about now, you know? <laughs> I'm out here. I'm teaching white women how to braid hair and fry chicken, you know? Because they, they say they want to give back to the black community. They say black lives matter, black lives matter. But they always still choose to swallow. And I'm just confused on that one. I was like, I thought we was here to procreate, not give you a protein shake. It's... Now I like white women. My, what? I got I, I like I'm a connoisseur. I'm like a, a connoisseur of white women, so I like, like 
test around. So I've had the ghetto, I've had the racist, I have I've had the white mocha vodka mocha lot mocha vodka marijuana lattes, you know. Some of them come with shrooms, others come with coke, you know? No? Nobody had that type of white girl yet? No? Which one are you? The cook the coke or the shrooms? Officer, damn, that's the first time I got confused for a cop. <laughs> even better, undercover. Every people just look at me like, hey, what's up, man? Can I get some again? What? I don't even know you. What? Hold on, let me go to the corner, man. Fuck. I be carrying my backpack around on me. My cops be looking at me. They 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 look like they want to stop me every time. But anybody here plays Assassin's Creed? No, nobody knows what Assassin's Creed is. All right, Assassin's Creed is a video game. And there's certain parts of that video game you can walk into and you hide. So when I'm in, in San Francisco, if I'm not in like Mission Area, I'll run back to Tenderloin and I'll look like everybody else because they can't even tell. And if they shine a light on me too hard, I'll just back into a corner, take a shit. And they're like, yep, he's a San Franciscan. He's paid, he's paid his taxes. He's good. Leave him alone. Leave him alone. He's good. He's good. He's good. But uh, you know what? I like like... I like that people don't, uh, what I don't like is that people don't get me mixed up with like a black celebrity. Like I wish people would get me mixed up with Keith Sweat. But then I gotta remember, I'm a comedian and people like to be assholes towards me. So they be like, man, you can't be Keith Sweat cause who's gonna remember you? Nobody. And you know, that's kind of fair if you know that song. You know that song? Oh man, you a player in the bedroom, huh? You got, you uh-uh, no, don't blame it. Yeah, uh-huh, we, we, we all got that friend, asking for a friend. Hey, what's that key song, a asking for a friend, not me. I don't, I don't do, I'm a good guy in the bedroom, maybe just H-Town. Oh, see, even, look, 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 just going, just, you know, as men, you know we just dig ourselves into China, it just, we just can't get out of that hole. I mean, we're men, though. <laughs> <laughs> I finally got a reaction out of you. Okay, I know how to get you now. All right, so I know I'm running out of time a little bit, so I'm going to tell you guys now. We all can see that this comedy stuff is not working out for me, and that's okay. It's all right, because I already got my plan B in action. I already got it all down packed. After this, I'm going to be an exotic dancer, okay? And my stage name is going to be Chicken Street. My theme song Stacy's mom, because I need a stepmom to buy me a PS5 nowadays. These things are expensive. All right, baby, my name is Keith Hemway. I'm <laughs> Keep your hands clapping for Keith Hemingway. And keep them clapping for your next comedian, everybody, Lauren Kraut. Yay! Hello. How are you? The first thing anyone sees about me now is that I'm old, and I hate that. I sometimes wonder if old precedes lady or white, because there's race also. So what comes first, old lady or the, the chicken? I'm trying to think of the rest of it, shit. Oh, and there's also LOL which also stands for little old lady, or in my case, little old lesbian. And an LOL, LOL is an urging to grandma to enjoy the fuck out of her life. Laugh out loud, little old lady. Why you still can? Why you still can? I don't know why I, loved, I love that joke. I don't know. 
not going anywhere, but I, I just love doing it. And why do we have to be afraid of God? Why is there fear? Why can't we, I mean, there's respect, yes, certainly. Honor, yes. But why do we have to be afraid of God? Because I think when you have fear in a relationship, it's just a recipe for disaster. Hear me out. <laughs> Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Fear, right? Be afraid, mortal. Be very afraid. This is so new. This is so new. Um, I'm doing, thank you. Ah, uh, fuck. All right, look at that. Sorry. Uh, I, no, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to remember, and it's not coming back, so. Um, I was on the bus the other day, and there was this man that came in, and, uh, or he was on the bus already, and he had a rolling walker in front of him, and he didn't have a mask. He had a long white gauze that he had looped around his ear and then wrapped around his nose and kind of over his head. And his mouth was sticking out and he was just, I don't know, was like that. But he was sitting there and his walker got away from him a couple of times and we tried to bring it back. And uh, then this other guy gets on the bus and he recognizes this old guy. And he says, I thought you were dead. I thought you were dead. And the old guy's like, I'm not dead. He says, I really did. I thought something had happened to you. He goes, no, I'm still here. He goes, give me your number. Give me your number. I, we can get together. Remember Ramon? We can get together with Ramon. And it's like, ah. Uh, and he's patting down. He's looking in his his wheel, his walker thing. He's trying to find his number. And he's like, 415-644-644. And we're, we're like, come on, come on, come on. Get the, get the number, get the number. And the guy's bus stop, is the second guy's bus stop is coming up. And he's scrambling, he rips off a thing of paper from his grocery bag, and he says, he's starting to write that down, and when the guy stops him in number, he rips off another piece of paper and says, you call me, I'll give you my number, you call me. And he writes down the number, and he gets off, and the, and the, the old guy is standing there, sitting there, and he's saying, I, I remember him from, like I've known him for like 60 years. And we say, yes, we could see that. It was quite a reunion. And he says, um, I went to school with him. And we say, oh, isn't that a small world that you ran into him? And he goes, I never did like that guy. His sister was cute, but he's an asshole. <laughs> Thank you. I'll end on a tried and true joke because I, I owe you one. Um, let's pause for a brief moment and reflect on the concept of time. Everyone knows about it. We use it all the Follow it or not. You're late. I lost track of time. You work for it, part-time, full-time, overtime, all the fucking time. You get it done in next to no time or at your earliest convenience. Fuck you. I'm busy. You took your sweet time. Come on, man. I don't have all the time in the world. First time, next time. This is the last time. You're wasting time. And I got time to kill. What the hell time is it? Time's up, Miss Kraut. At any point in time. But you can't touch it, can you? And we have happy hour, children's hour, darkest hour, hourglass. Minute waltz, minute steak, New York minute, in a minute, just a minute, just a second, split second, hold on a second, who's the second, what's the first? I don't know, third base. Well, that's my time. Thank you very much. Yay! Lord Crowd, everyone! Hooray! We got all the time in the world for Lauren Crowd. Hell yeah! All right, your next comedian. Clap your hands together, everybody, for Dan Britton! Yay! <laughs> 
Hola. <laughs> um, I just came from the Giants game. That was really fun. They did. It's really it's it's an interesting 